This thing smells funny. <laughs> it smells like smoke, you know, like it was at a bonfire. <laughs> it smells like delicious s'mores. I'm talking about the um, <laughs> guard. What is it? The windsock. The windsock? The p- the publa- the puh stopper? Yeah, the puh stopper. The puh stopper. <laughs> this is an official podcast made by real official mm-hmm. audio people. Yep. I believe this is the term referred to. That's a nice enough introduction to really start this podcast. Yeah, we might as well just roll right in. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Chips and Bits podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Kenny Myers. And I'm Matthew Anderson. That's right. That's right. And uh, today is a great day. Well, every day is a great day, Kenny. Not every day. That's true. Remember when you had the flu last week? I do. (laughs) Would that be called a great day? No, it was a terrible day. And you threw up for the first time ever, right? I did. In your life. Yep. That you can remember. Uh, yes, apparently. Chances I, of you spitting up as a baby are pretty high. Yeah, according to my mom, uh, used my to just brothers throw up I, to say hello to people. No, my brothers and I all got a got something when I was six ish, five or six ish, but I don't remember it. Oh well. So officially, welcome to the club. Thanks. Let me tell you, when you get enough practice, like I did in my early twenties, it just becomes second nature. Yeah, I imagine. Speaking of non-pukey things, our game today is uh, Mutineer Zero. There's there's something and it's, colon, it's like mutant exit to Eden. I think road to Eden. There it is. Yep. I think exit to Eden is the uh, n- movie. Yeah, about Banksy. Yeah, there's probably a lot of Eden movies. Yeah, it's kind of a biblical thing. Yeah, and it is a uh, a a turn based. Yep. Well, here's how I describe it. Well, first of all, I'll just go. I loved this game. Okay. I really really love this game. And I think that this is probably the best game to um, get into turn-based strategy games with like that. Okay. So like XCOM, a game that we've played all the way through. Yeah. Through the most recent XCOM 2. Uh, you get thrown into the battle immediately and you kind of have to adjust on the fly. I feel like this has uh, elements that are like exploration, which is really uh, slowly paced and... Uh, enjoyable then there's a stealth thing where you can sort of take out um other members of the team that you're fighting against and then eventually you'll have to do a big battle but you can lessen the amount of people who can do it yeah effectively each level starts with you trying to learn the map and where the enemies are by also doing these stealth encounters right and so you, you take them out one at a time so that when you eventually do the big fight that usually has one of them, mm-hmm. uh, there's less guys to fight. So so I feel like it's a really nice entryway. However, I played on hard. Yeah. And it's a hard game. I played on hard too for about 25% of the game. Yeah. And it was uh, it was tough. But eventually, like, it has... XCOM has a very specific curve, which is... Hard, 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 easy, 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 easy. Like it just like shoots up to easy at a certain point. Yeah. And you can just start annihilating people. Um, and this game is no, 
no different. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I would say the difficulty curve in this game for me was easy, medium, hard, impossible, and then I changed the difficulty level. Yeah, and then it got down to manageable, manageable. Oh my god, this game is so ridiculously easy. Yeah, yeah, that was basically my experience. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like I still died a lot in the last few missions, like a lot, and I had to be really. I still, that was the difference, I think, in hard, maybe, to what you experienced. Like, Mm -hmm. I had to be very strategic still all the way to the end. If I ever got really super brave about anything, I usually would die. Hmm. But I did have incredibly powerful weapons. Yeah, I mean, my team was so... It's all the laser guns. Insanely powerful by the end. It's all the plasma guns. Yeah. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of little side areas to do, which is really cool. And it's also linear. Like, it it's like follows the progression. You don't have to fight people that you fought before once you're done. Well, you can go, what, you never, you can go if, out of order a little bit to do some grinding to Matt, level up your stuff. what did you think of this game? Uh, I have very mixed feelings about it. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought a lot of the game... Like, when I first started playing it, I thought that I would end thinking it was a fabulous game and I can't believe what they accomplished. You know, I, I know that it's a relatively small team and they've been working on it for a while. And I just thought, I'm going to be so impressed by this game. And I and I am impressed by it. A, a lot of the things I thought were really cool and I really liked it. Um, but there were these little decisions that I thought both showed that it wasn't as polished a game as you would expect uh, and detracted from the game a little bit, in my experience. Hmm. And things that didn't need to happen. Um a really quick example is that they've got this, uh, like the the graphics are actually surprisingly beautiful, impressive in the game. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and they have this also this comic book sort of art style that they use for the cutscenes and the, yeah. and to tell the story. Uh-huh. Then when you switch into the going back to your base to you know level up your weapons and kind of get some story and yeah, there's un- like unlock a hub, some features. A hub there's center. this hub, and the hub looks okay too. I thought the hub looked great. And then every person that's not a character, that's not a human, also looks interesting. Yeah. Uh, and you typically don't see them while they're talking. They're like behind a machine or they've got a mask on or something like that. Right. But then there's the main catalyst in the name? story, which is the, the elder. The elder, yeah. And he looks terrible. Like I, He looks like garbage. It never really bothered me. He's just like welcome back and he, his eyes barely move and he just looks the the model is bad the his voice, voice acting was, was the worst the but the voice acting bad. overall in the game was fantastic yeah it was the characters yeah. were really well voice acted the ones you spend the majority of the time with. yeah totally um so it was these tiny things like that that's not if they'd if they'd taken me out of the game and i and what i thought was that based on the rest of the game i was like oh yeah they, they just couldn't swing that that's okay i'll let it slide yeah but to see what they were able to accomplish elsewhere in the game and the fact that they had this story driven art style and they they'd done a fabulous job with that i just kept thinking why didn't they do one of these other two things that they did a fabulous job at instead of this yet again third thing that i didn't think was as effective as the other approaches i didn't think uh I didn't think he was that bad. He didn't bother me. Yeah, he's real bad. I mean, I, I, I didn't really notice him. I I did, because he is, when you get back to the base, and you have to do it frequently in the game, Yeah. Um, when there's story elements or you progress in the game, he always talks to you. He instantly talks to you. Right. 
So you go back and you're like, cool, I'm just going to level up my weapons. Welcome back. I am the terrible voice acted person in the story. Uh, I He didn't bug me. Yeah, okay. I, like nothing like that signaled. The, the one thing that bugged me about the game was that the levels, like the exploration of the levels, the levels weren't really diverse. Yeah, and it wasn't very consequential either. Yeah, so like you, well, I thought exploration was consequential. I found a ton of crap. No, no, I don't mean that you didn't find things. I just mean that, and again, a lot of this probably has to do with my issues with the difficulty curve. But eventually it became make one trip around the outskirts of the level, picking off all the people, which I could stealth kill anybody about 30% of the way through the game. And once I changed the difficulty level, I could take out anybody around the outskirts of the map. Yeah. And then engage in a battle and you're done. That became the formula for every single map. So <clears throat> there were some other levels. Did um, you backtrack any three levels? Uh, no. Did I didn't have to. Did you find all the uh, upgrades? I found all but one. Okay. Yeah. I found them all. I yeah, used, I missed I, one I somewhere. I kind of cheated. I looked one up. Okay. So there was this one, like a really good example of when I thought that they did, uh, when the exploration was consequential, was there's a particular battle where you make it to uh, some sort of hidden base where the sort of the the bandits that you're fighting against uh, have captured or maybe they already owned an uh, old school robot from when the humans were still on the planet. This yeah. is a game about mutants, by the way. Mutant Year Zero. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, We should probably talk about the characters yeah, we will. after this. And so if you sneak around in, in the right way, you can get to the robot behind where the enemy line is and you can reprogram it so that then when you engage in the battle, when they call out the robot, instead of it attacking you, it starts holding down their forces and it makes it easier for you to win the battle. Yeah. There were a couple of things like that, but I felt like there was so much more opportunity to do little tiny things like that and it was never the case. It was just a, a handful of levels that did that and the rest of them were just the same formula repeated. Yeah. Now, again, I'm being very critical to get to this opinion because the formula was fun. Yeah. The levels were amazing. The yeah. combat was interesting. The balance was nice once you figured out your own difficulty curve. But the writing these, was really good. The writing Minus was great. Minus your complainer about the elder, like, there's interaction. It's a post-apocalyptic um, Sweden. Mm -hmm. I think it's Sweden. Yeah. Uh, and you run into all these instances where uh, these maps will have names like the boneyard or something mm -hmm. like that or um what was it what the house of bones house of bones mm -hmm. and the house of bones was a schoolyard that was a triage center during whatever the thing was mm -hmm. uh, and they'll pick up artifacts like a boom box and then they have these really hilarious tags about like i think this thing was used as an explosive device yep. to kill people uh it was just so good like every little find like that was really good plus you got really significant power-ups Yes. And I really, really like that. So there's, you play as three characters. You start out as two, ducks and um, pig guy. Uh, Brahmin or Brahmin. Brahmin. Brahmin? It's something Bro piggy. No, it's not. It's no. like Brahmin. Brahmin. Ironically, uh, searching for Hammond. Hammond, yep. Which is not a pig. Nope. Uh, much to my confusion with Matt <laughs> in a discussion <laughs> about spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, well, they look amazing. They're like mutant pig yep. things. They the one guy looks like Bebop, like, yeah. like a much better version of Bebop, and the other guy looks like a Howard, Howard, the, Howard Duck. the Duck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you go around, and one of them's a sniper, and one of them's clearly a bruiser, and you sort of, they're tree. You know, this is another problem. I I want to stress that like these are tiny nitpicks about a game that I thought was really well done. 
Like yeah. it, the the fact that the small team built this game, mm-hmm. and that I felt like the balance was really good, and I didn't have that success that you did. I think that this is a game that playing on hard is is a different game. Clearly, yeah. I looking back on it, you know, I I spent an entire evening. I pulled an XCOM. I spent an entire evening trying multiple. I'm talking like dozens of different strategies on this one level, because I could not take out enough guys, stealth, to really impact to tip the battle in my favor and i think it was either the first or second uh enemy that had uh psychic abilities where they could take over your your players and cast lightning and shit on you yeah um and and i just could not i couldn't win that battle no matter how many times i tried it no matter how many different strategies i deployed so by when i came back to it the next night i was like i don't i tried it one more time and i was like i can't i can't do it had i just committed to it I bet if I made it through that battle, um, you know, there was there was some upgrades and some weapons and some characters that you unlock after that, that I probably would have kept it on hard and probably survived. I think it was just that one battle and I just couldn't get past it. I had to I had to adjust it. Yeah, and I think that you actually ended up missing out on one of the more the benefits of exploration as a result because it's not as hazardous to kind of do the loop. Yeah, absolutely. Like so when I did a loop and I saw something I would like see them. They have medical. They have robots, medical robots, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to take this out." And then I would. But get, you can't kill it in one go. And then I would yeah. get it down to shit. I'd be like, "Shit!" And mm-hmm. then you'd get like seven guys just murdering you. Yep. Uh, and that was really fun. Like it was really fun to just figure out where the weak points were, who you who you had to wait to like come away from the crowd. Mm-hmm. The stealth elements, I thought. Especially when there's more stakes, as all stealth is, uh, is usually good. It's like it was like my favorite game, Alien Isolation. Yeah, you yeah. loved that game. I just love those really good stealth games. Uh, yeah, and so I thought that was way more enjoyable. I think you losing the stakes like that actually may have dented your experience a little bit. No, I would agree. I also just think that to to the extent with which the I experienced the difficulty ramp in this game, that to me is is a is a problem. It's it's a gripe I can I can level at the game. I, I absolutely agree with you that had I been able to tough it out, probably would have had a more positive experience at the end of the game. But the fact that I'm a versed XCOM player and had developed enough strategy almost a third of the way, at least a quarter if not a third of the way through the game, and then yeah. got to a point where I could not spend multiple hours and beat a single, like, four guys, five guys, Yeah, I was like, this is, I can't. This shouldn't be this way. I mean, it was definitely the XCOM. Like, like I did get to a point where I got better at managing, but it was still hard. Like, the last mission all the way up was still hard. It was just easier than the missions where I didn't have the laser guns. That's sure. usually the case I find in most video games. If you have the laser guns, right. <laughs> the missions are going to be easier. Yeah. And if you don't, well, you're going to work for it. I also feel like uh, one thing that would have made it uh, just more... Po- they, they had this... Uh, one of the things... The difficulty levels don't just change how difficult the enemies are uh, and how much damage you do. They change other fundamental aspects of the game. So if you go all the way down to the easiest level, um, you your team reheals 100% after every engagement. Yeah. If you're on hard, it's like... They don't reheal. They don't reheal at all. No, it was uh, it was super challenging. Yeah. And so like... And there's also a limited amount of... Um, Health packs. Health kits. Yeah. In the world and at the store. Yeah. And you can't afford them anyway. So it's like you're only buying maybe two, three of them throughout the course of the game. You can if you do all the side quests. Um, and you spend a lot of time exploring. Yeah. 
So, you know, a really quick fix to that could have just been, well, maybe you reheal the 75%, just, just something, some yeah. extra boost, because it got to a point where if you had no health kits and no money, yeah, and you'd explored all the areas you could, and you couldn't win, yeah, you were fucked. We actually had a really interesting conversation that ties right into this, where we were talking about abilities that we use. Mm-hmm. So the ability tree is pretty interesting. But one of the aspects of hard is you don't get your life back. So there's an ability called eating corpses, which becomes super important. Mm-hmm. And I never used it. Never yeah. used it. I used it every single chance I could. It healed them to full health. It did better than med packs most of the it's time. It's only one guy, though, eh? No, it's two. Oh, interesting. The fox will also eat. Uh, okay, but like it heals the individual person that's doing the eating. Is right, but saying. it also counts as a move, like a single action with move, too. So you can <laughs> move, eat, and then uh, take another action. Cool. Yeah, yeah you get. The concept of the game, it's a, uh, like XCOM, it's a turn-based shooter, I guess is what you would call it. Yeah, like tactical. Tactical shooter. Uh, and you're all on these squares, and there's different heights and such. And everyone has two actions they can take per turn, usually move, reload. Uh, Overwatch makes a return, although it was not Overwatch. useful at all in no, this game. it's stupid. You miss all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the... The percentage accuracy was much easier on you than XCOM is in this yes, game. Yes, totally. Um, and except uh, when you really needed it, did you ever notice that? No, I got to. The, so one of the things I used to, uh, I used to, the the duck who was also my sniper. Yeah. Uh, unlocks an ability very early on in which you can guarantee a critical hit, but it moves down the percentage of, of, of likelihood. likelihood to hit. Yeah. So I would get myself in these positions where if I just did a normal shot, it would be like seventy-five percent. And then I'd use that action, and I'd be so close, or I'd be in such the right way that it actually wouldn't move it down. It'd still say 75%. Yeah. But if I used that magnifier, it almost never hit. Uh, so I was like, I think it's not 75. I think it's more like 25 to 50. There's a... Uh, can you use that with, with the moth wings? Yes. The moth wings don't count as a move, which was amazing. That's great. And the moth wings, and there's... So I actually wanted to talk about the ability trees. So everyone, every... Character has an ability tree. A lot of them share abilities, which I didn't really enjoy. Yeah, I thought that was dumb. Uh, I really wish they had their own unique abilities. But I also get it. Like, I mean, uh, again, it's just like a silly nitpick. I still enjoyed what I was able to do with the characters, and I still was able to do a pretty good team comp. I use words like team comp now since we've been playing so much Overwatch. Yeah. Um, Overwatch. Overwatch. Uh and I really, uh, I really like every single power I unlocked. It felt okay, except for eating corpses. Uh, and the moth wings are really good, especially when you unlocked another passive ability, mm-hmm. where if you had a height advantage, you get a twenty percent more on critical. I pretty much had a one hundred percent if I used the moth wings, with like an eighty percent chance of critical by the end. Yeah, especially once you upgrade your weapons. But boy, did that duck die a lot. Yeah, he does. Couldn't die. eat corpses. Nope. Couldn't eat corpses, that one. Yeah, so my other gripe with the uh, skill tree was they didn't necessarily do a very good job of describing the difference between some of the the things that you could pick. So there were a couple situations I got into where I didn't... Had I known that I needed to swap between them up front, yeah. I maybe would have uh, unlocked a passive first before unlocking this other because I I would look at right. two skills and I'd be like oh that one's so much you really only than get this. three abilities yeah you get three and you can only equip three at a time and you can switch them yeah as long as you're not in battle so you do get to a point where once you've unlocked enough of them 
um, there's a benefit to that too because you could technically like a uh, quick example is you 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 fight a lot of robots and yep. the robots can get very difficult. So having um, disable a chance to disable them uh, oh, becomes man. very important. There's some giant mechs that kick your ass. Oh yeah, so nice to disable them. So you know you'll swap that one in every couple of times. Uh, you'll swap in telekinesis versus the ability to electrocute people, that sort of stuff. But they didn't really they they show you they expose to you that you have three slots. Right. But they don't expose to you that you can only equip one thing at a time and exactly what they do. So I did find myself early on upgrading to one that I wouldn't have because I was like, oh, this will be so cool. I can use both of these. And then you unlock it and you're like, oh, I can't use that one. Another thing is there's only three silent weapons in the game. Mm -hmm. And stealthing is super important. So I found myself essentially making two tanks and one sniper. Mm -hmm. And I used a character called the Fox. Uh, I just like I like characters that look like creatures more than I like yeah. the human ones. And uh, she looked like Star Fox. Basically. She did. Yeah. And there were two other characters that were pretty good. I used the 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 female. They're they're all mutants. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there was one that could, could like mind control that I never. I ever used that used. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I used never the pig, used the it. duck, and the mind controlling guy. Pig and the duck all the way. But then I made the fox another tank. So I had essentially like two shotgunning tanks mm -hmm. and a sniper, and it worked perfectly. And they all had different powered up. Uh, silent weapons because you can't like fire a shotgun if you're trying to sneak kill someone it because it'll attract the attention of the entire map yep so like you'll be going along and you'll start shooting a guy with the silent stuff and if they're not powered enough all of a sudden your last character's up and it's borman borman yeah with uh see there was a pig thing in there mm -hmm. um with a with a huge shotgun yep. or a big laser grenade launcher I just I used his silent thing and the shotgun. Those are the two things I had. Yeah, and uh, and then you're like, well, it's going to attract the attention of everyone. So then you just shock, shotgun the shit out of someone. Yeah, and that essentially starts the engagement. It starts a larger yeah. engagement. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I really, I actually really enjoyed the weapon aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, it was weird that you could, everyone had to have an equipped weapon, even those without your party. Yeah, I thought one of my other gripes, and what I when I thought it sort of like the the co the colors of it not being as polished a game as I would normally expect showed through was with that. You know, they 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 developed this uh, like a commerce system. You've got upgrades. You've got not really crafting, but you can um, you can equip different things on your weapons and whatnot. But then there's only you can only deconstruct weapons for things. You can't sell anything else. Yeah. Um, you can deconstruct weapons, but you can't deconstruct all your weapons because even the members of your party who you're never using and who, as if you'd leveled up weapons, you would only level up the ones that you would always be actively using. Right. So even if you switch characters, you'd switch the weapons from that other character but to that, the switched character. But, but the weapons did change to their credit. Like, you did not keep the same weapon all the way through. No, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah. just saying, like, you dedicated your resources to upgrading the weapons you were using. Right. So even if it came a time where you're like, I think I'll try another character, I think the you ability would give them of a different weapon. You would yeah. swap out the weapon you had upgraded from your other character. I don't really consider... I mean, I guess that is a form of polish, but I I feel like this is an incredibly well-polished product. I do. It I just, definitely I has just, its flaws. It made it... it, it the, the best... Fe Again, I'm being very nitpicky here. Right. Um, I just think that... Those were things that, to me, showed ambition that was not fulfilled. Right. And I would have rather just not seen them in the game. Like, I would have rather just not had a deconstruction system or a, a weapon patching system at all. Like, you just you get these upgrades and you can apply an upgrade to it, and that's it. Like, none of this swapping and changing things and all that jazz. It just made for this extra stuff that then I expected to be able to 
use effectively, and I couldn't, so it was irritating. It's really funny uh, when I think about games like this now. I think there's like this two-factor sort of bias that kind of kicks in, where I'm like, one, it's the first one in a series. Like, mm -hmm. it's very clearly like this brand new uh, IP. Well, it's not brand new IP. It's based off a, a, a essentially the Swedish equivalent of Dungeons and Dragons yeah, in the yeah. '70s. <laughs> is how I read about it. Uh, and uh, it's from a company that's small. Um, and, it, like, that gives them, like, two credits in my book. But mm -hmm. uh, but I've come to the point where, like, as long as the first game in the series shows promise, I, I nitpick less. Like, I, I think of Assassin's Creed, the first Assassin's Creed a lot. Mm -hmm. It was not a good game. No. But it showed a ton of promise. Yeah. And then that promise was ultimately fulfilled. But also, one of the issues that didn't exist in Assassin's Creed was that the thing that there showed... There were no pig, pig shotgunners. Well, there was no, like, crafting. There were no all these extra systems. Right. One of the things that then became something that we would nitpick and get bent out of shape about was that they would kept adding. Rather than refining what they'd had, they right. would add new things. And the new things were not fleshed out. Right. And it was like, why add that? It doesn't bring anything to the game. Uh but to me, this game, like, when I look back at Assassin's Creed, that was a bad game. This is not a bad game. No, it's a good this game. This is a great game. Yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, that's a Canadian great. It's not. I, I know that when I'm, Are you using when the I'm American on the podcast, system? yes, yeah. I'm, I'm translating use, to American. You translate to American? And Do you not, we, I don't our, think it's I think a, our second largest audience is Canadian. I don't think it's a great game. I think it's a very good game. Well, I think it's a great game. That does have tons of potential. Yeah. But again, if it was me, like if I was creative directing that team, I would be like, hey, take this stuff out. Like rather than be like, get this stuff better, I would actually say, take this stuff what out of the game. What would you take out of the game? I would take out the whole, um, like loadouts are individual necessarily to a specific character. Yeah. So if you wanted to keep that, maybe you just have multiple loadouts and you can assign a loadout at any point in time to a character that you actually playing see i would disagree because i actually want them to make characters more specialized that would be great too so that means they have very specific loadouts i'm just saying the loadouts are not tied to the character but they, i don't the, yeah. the way that they they did I'm it this time I, I would like it better if they were tied to the character yeah i i would hate that no you wouldn't i would that's essentially a class-based combat you just you play overwatch but what it what that does then is it does two it does two things one it makes it so that you cannot upgrade as fast so the, the upgrade becomes slower because you have to diversify all the things that you're spending and upgrading across all of your characters, whether you're using them or not. And two, it puts you in a position where you're never really swapping out your weapons. You're always using the same weapon with the same character. I think there's been plenty of games that prove that's uh, not true. Yeah. You well, can swap out weapons. You can upgrade different weapons. You can build whole systems based on the fact that you were a specialized character. Yeah, but I, I'm saying, yes, you could do that. And if they did that in this game, it might make it better. Yeah. But I would take the resources dedicated to doing that, and I would apply it to the other things in the game. Yeah. Like making the Elder not look like he has dead eyes and his lip syncing I off. mean, that's such a small complaint, though. Like, it's not. He was the main catalyst of the story. He wasn't the main catalyst of the he, story. He was. He Hammond, gave you, you know, running off and doing Roman, this thing. Roman, or Brahmin, or whatever. No, Hammond. Yeah, Hammond running off guy. and doing yeah. his thing. But the the the, the cutscenes were so good. I would say if every time you totally. came back to the city, you saw a comic drawing of the elder and and Brahmin talking about the elder that. Told us that we weren't going to do that. Absolutely. How much cooler Borman. would that have been? It's not Borman. Brahmin. Borman. Sorry, Brahmin? Brahmin's the Indian god, right? <laughs> no, I don't think that's it either. Uh, 
so yeah, if they'd done that instead, which they already did numerous other places yeah. to great effect. But I don't think, I mean, out in terms of the, the amount of time spent, and the information conveyed was still conveyed. It, it was like 2% of the entire game. Okay, here's another quick example. So right? you give it a 98%. Here's, no, here's another quick example of just weird things that you don't expect. So um, you have the ability to skip dialogue. But unlike in a polished game, you can only either listen to the whole thing or skip the whole thing. If there's multiple screens or multiple stages of dialogue, you can't skip between the stages of dialogue. Right. So another reason why the elder being bad was terrible was I'd come back to the base. He'd come on the screen. I'd be like, oh, fuck, here we go again. And I'd see about two lines of text, which I could read long before he even opened his dead mouth. Yeah. And he'd be like, welcome back. Stalkers. And I'd be done reading. Yeah. Right? Now my choice is, do I really listen to this asshole talk for I don't know how long? Is yeah. there six scenes after this? Are there eight? Or I skip it and I miss everything he said. I skipped it every time. I was just like, I don't care what he said. Okay. Skip. I feel like that's a 0.5% complaint on top of the 2% complaint you made <laughs> it's earlier. Not. <laughs> yes, it if is. I was If I was going to rate this like, you know, IMDb style, I would give this game like a solid 8 out of 10. That's really good. It, that's what I said. It's a very good game. It's yeah. just not great. It's a, I would probably give it uh, two. And typically, when I lobby those types You're of not complaints, latch onto that? no, I just lied. When I when I lobby those types of complaints, I don't think that I, I think a game that is an eight is an eight because it doesn't really have the potential to have been a ten. But an eight's like a Canadian ten. It's not. I'm I'm translating to American right now on the fly. The metric conversion. So the, the you're thing, doing the conversion the, from metric. <laughs> To the royal or whatever we have. Sometimes why I appear to be a little bit more critical of certain games like this one is because I do think that this game had the potential for me to give it a 10. You're like, I love you so much that you need to hear And things that they actually did in the game made it an 8. And it actually could have been a 10. I love you so much. You need to hear this. Yeah. That's what you're saying. To those Swedish developers. That is what I'm saying. Yes. Who have done a wonderful job. They did a great job. Not only with this game, but with furniture. Mm-hmm. Not those specific developers, but the Swedish people. Okay. And fonts. You're a designer. Yeah. Just saying, why do you hate Sweden, Matt? Well, I guess that's what with, I'm getting. They're at. great with the fonts. Just said Sweden's an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. It's rude. What else? Do we miss anything? Uh, I'm sure. I really like this game. It was good. Also, it was the right amount of time. It was. Yep. Wasn't too long. It was like twenty hours, maybe. And, you know, the... the uh, Maybe yours was 15, because you, no. you went down to difficulty. We did talk a little bit about how, even though once you get to the levels, they are, in the story itself, is fairly linear. There's at least three places, if I remember correctly, in which, um, even though the path is straightforward and laid out for you, there's a choice between, do I want to explore the lower left or the upper right first? Um, well, and then you could go into completely different areas. Yeah, that you totally find. different areas. Um, that and, lead to entire side quests. Yep. And I and ideally, the, the, and this is one of those games that probably extra depending on your difficulty level. Because even for me on the normal difficulty, uh, I still had to go outside the main story and do some grinding to to, oh, yeah. to make it easy for myself. No, you have to grind. You so, have to kill. I feel like you have to kill every encounter in this game to get through this game on hard. Yeah, and and furthermore, I think you need to do that. There are some games in which. You can grind, 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 and then do all the story and vice versa. Yeah. This one, I, to their credit, I thought they did a really good uh, job of pacing those things on equal timelines. So oh, yeah. So you had to go back and forth between between grinding and story. Um, 
to actually progress in the game. And it felt like a nice fluid back and forth. You had to do a little bit of both throughout the game. It was cool. Yeah. No, I thought the pacing of the game was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you ran into a hiccup, but I didn't. And it, I mean, it was still hard. It was probably slower going, but I thought it, I like, I felt constantly rewarded. Yeah. It was like a nice dopamine hit. It was like fucking, you know, a nicotine patch of a game. The art direction was great. The art direction was amazing. The music was cool. The music was good. Yeah. It was good. It was cool. I mean, it it was never disruptive. It was sort of like uh, futuristic, but also retro vibe. Do you want to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3? No. Are you sure? Positive. Okay. Because it's funny you mentioned that uh, skip. What Uh, skip? That skip thing with the elder. Oh, yeah? It reminded me lots of, of that? entire sequences, <laughs> like 10 minutes if you hit the skip thing, and then it's just like, you just missed out on this whole thing. I mean, it could have been. I could have skipped There were so many cutscenes in that game. I just, I don't know. I don't know it's how much It's a garbage skipped. series. Kingdom Hearts is a garbage series. Right. There's but your full review from Kenny. Mutant uh, Year Zero. Colon. Road to Eden. Colon. Eden Fest. <laughs> 97. Uh... It's great. Yeah. You should totally play it. And do you, what about like an, as an introduction to people who haven't played this style of game? Yeah. No, I agree with your assessment. I'd definitely not at a hard difficulty level. No, I would say even the experienced XCOM should player probably go, might not even want to play this at, at hard. I don't think that's true. I think an experienced XCOM player should play this at hard. I'm experienced and love XCOM and didn't You do obviously don't love XCOM enough. I don't know. I love it quite a bit. Oh yeah? How's two going? Yeah, I haven't played it. Yeah. But just, XCOM just was my game of the year. XCOM, fan. XCOM was my game of the year. <laughs> it was. That's why we need to play I don't want to not play XCOM 2 because of XCOM 2. It's the time commitment to play it. Uh, I mean, we they're have huge some long games, games coming they're up. huge games. We have some good ones this year. Yeah, but they're not XCOM 2 long. <laughs> I feel like Spider-Man was 30 Spider-Man hours. Spider-Man is different. XCOM games are like 30 hours. XCOM games are a test of your fortitude. <laughs> A Spider-Man game. I don't feel like a, they're like Civ games. Was a test of how how you know long am I gonna forget that I'm playing this game before I put down. Have you noticed that this year the theme is I really don't like these scenes in these games, and that's why I score them down. Uh, Spider-Man no. was Mary uh, yeah, Jane in so. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. What's coming up next? Again, another thing. Yeah, Celeste. See, they just should have not. Are you gonna check out the emotional sequences in there? No, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's our next game. Yep, it is. It's going to be interesting. Spoiler alert, it's not an 8 out of 10. Spoiler alert, Hammond is not the pig. Nope. And it's it's Borman. Hammond, Borman. Wrap it up, Kenny. All right. Well, uh, this is the Chips and Fits Podcast. I'm Kenny Myers. And I'm Matthew Anderson. Just wanted to make sure I got it in while you were drinking that thank water. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. Um, you can, ah, I forgot to do the tag at you the beginning. You sure did. I even was going to bring up notes, but I was so excited about our conversation. Hey, it's my job. That's why I'm here. No, that's not why you're here. You're here for all that money you make. <laughs> I'm here to make podcast. you look good. All that money you get from our Patreon account mm-hmm. being transferred over. Um, yeah, so you support us on Patreon. Uh, if you're listening at this point, you probably are one Congratulations. of the, the you seven people. Congratulations. You should probably support us on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's really swell of you. <laughs> Uh, we'd like to be able to converse with you directly. We're going to actually throw some bonus podcasts up there. Yeah, we're going to start doing some stuff. We don't know exactly what all of it is yet. But and we're definitely not promising shit. No, we're going to do some things so that, you know, we, we know that giving away money is hard and giving away money for free is harder. So yeah, we'll have you give your money away for something that seemingly free, but is actually a thing. But what we do know is giving away money so you can be part of exclusive things is yes. very great. Overwatch. Overwatch. Um, 
yeah and uh we're on itunes not none of you review us so but that's we're not there. true we got one we got one in the last couple of months yeah we're on facebook we have a website we do have a website it's really know. nice it, it's okay it's, i'd say it's a nine out of ten i say it's aging <laughs> well enough yeah it's great i think there needs to be some speed optimizations yeah that's not my job hmm. well design in itself involves speed optimizations not that kind Ha, we're going to have, not in front of the, okay, pod, not in front of the podcast audience, please. Mm-hmm. That is, that is work related. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. We love you.